The prison was called Lestinke, and it was the place where debtors tended to disappear for years. One summer's day in the mid-15th century, a man sat at a wooden desk in one of the rooms or cells of this medieval Florentine institution. To his left was a pile of handwritten papers, and to his right was one final page. Perhaps he paused for a moment before doing something that was probably forbidden to him as a prisoner of the Vatican, picking up his quill and marking the date, 31 July 1437, and the words ex stinkarum ec, meaning I am in the stink. The postscript not only notified readers that the document was written in the heart of the stinker itself, but it also puzzled scholars for years. The book was Il Libro dell'Arte by Cennino d'Andrea Cennini, and it was to become one of the most influential painting manuals written in the late medieval period, although it would take more than four centuries to find a publisher. It was not the first how-to book of paint-making. There had been a few in the past, including the Mappi Clavicula from the 9th century, which included a veritable hodgepodge of recipes for pigments and inks for illuminated manuscripts. And in the 12th century, the mysterious metalworking monk Theophilus wrote his De Arte Diversibus, describing how to make stained glass and metalwork, as well as paintings. But Cennino's book was special. He was an artist, the direct inheritor of a tradition that stretched back to Giotto di Bondone in the late 13th century, and his handbook was the first time a professional artist had revealed the secrets of his trade so comprehensively and openly. And when, in the early 19th century, the book was taken down from its shelf in the Vatican Library, dusted off and published, it was to cause a minor sensation in a European art world that was beginning to realise that in so single-mindedly pursuing its art, it had neglected to remember enough of its craft. At first, having read the postscript written in the Stinke prison, art historians imagined that the manual, later translated into English as The Craftsman's Handbook, was written by a criminal. They pictured Cennino as an old man writing his memoirs in a miserable lock-up, so caught up by the beauty of the processes he was describing that he omitted to mention the ugliness of his present location. Just as the Venetian trader Marco Polo only spoke of his travels into the heart of Asia many years later, when he had time on his hands and a willing scribe in his prison cell. So, people thought, his Tuscan compatriot only wrote about the mechanics of painting the shadows once he was locked firmly inside them. Sadly for the imagination, although rather happily for Cennino, later researchers found other copies of the manuscript without reference to any penitentiary. They had to concede, reluctantly, that Cennino probably lived and died a free man, and that the version with the postscript was written by a literate prisoner who was condemned to copying books for the Pope. Whenever I open Cennino's book, and he has acted as my guide for many of the journeys in this book, I often think about that copyist. What kind of man would he have been? An educated one, certainly. 
something of a scoundrel perhaps, in prison for debt or for a white-collar crime. He may have been in there for years, copying out pious prayers and religious treaties in neat longhand. And then suddenly, somewhere between a prayer book and a Bible, the prison librarian handed him his next project, a treatise containing the kind of valuable secrets that a man would never have dreamed would fall into his hands, at least not while he was doing prison labour. As he began writing, our scribe may have found a kinship with those whom Chanino chides for having chosen their artistic careers, quote, for profit, as well as a distant curiosity about those others who had entered the profession through a sense of enthusiasm and exultation. And then, a few pages later, he may have felt a sense of exultation himself. If he knew anything of the art world, he would be aware of how secretive artists were about the tricks of their trade, and how, in order to learn them, apprentices lived in the studios of their masters for years, grinding pigments, preparing canvases, and then, after many years, being allowed to paint backgrounds and less important figures. It was usually only when they themselves became masters that they could stroll into their own studios to finish the faces and main figures. On canvases, their own apprentices had prepared earlier.